In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hey, friends. It's In the Lab time. I'm Drew, and that guy waving is John Harris. John, it's great to be with you today on In the Lab. We're going to do the delayed reaction to the schedule and just kind of pluck a few little tidbits that stood out to you and me. And we're going to have a fun time with it. But I just want to let you know, I had a chance to talk with some former Texans yesterday, and I'm also going to talk with another one today. But Brian Peters was the first one up. Linebacker, but really more of a special teams ace. He was a captain his final year here uh, with the Texans, which was 2018. But he spent five or four seasons with Houston, 2015 through 2018. So he was part of three division title winners. Um, He saw... 17, you know, the rise and fall that year. So yep. he was a good good guy to talk with. He's doing interesting stuff now, John. I don't know how much of that you got to listen to, but late in his Texans career, got into breathing, the importance yes. of breathing. I remember this, yes. Cold tubs. He would hold yes. his breath underwater and stuff. Yeah. And you see it on, on Instagram, you're like, what's this wacko doing? But there's a science, there's a method, there's a psychology to it. And he, he talked at length about it on our during our conversation yesterday it's fascinating he's helping out some pro sports teams some college sports teams military special ops types so it's really really cool he's doing good stuff and in about a month or two he's going to do this it's called a ruck and it's where you have a 50 pound backpack oh yes i've heard of this he's gonna hike 50 miles around our nation's Uh capital uh it's all part of it's like helping out a, a wounded veterans foundation yeah. and uh it's just great stuff but it was good to, it was good to connect with him i had fun talking with peters yesterday i can imagine that dude was one of the more interesting guys i remember watching him at, at northwestern and it was probably in the early 2010s and i'm watching him at nebraska and dude's playing with two casts on his hands and i'm like who is this guy and it's funny, I'm writing uh, a defensive line article, a defensive line breakdown, because things have changed significantly, as we've noted many times on this uh, podcast. And one of the things that stood out with one of the guys, Kurt Heinisch, is a defensive lineman from Notre Dame. He always stood out to me because he wore the number 41. An interior defensive lineman wearing a, a skill position number <laughs> always catches my eye. Well, Brian Peters wore the number 10 at Northwestern, and that always caught my eye. It always, like, my eye always gravitated towards number 10 because it's not a number you normally see. Now, in college, any number is, you know, it's fair game. But just to see a number 10 on a linebacker always catches my eye. Uh, Henry Tortola from Alabama is the same way. He always catches my eye. He plays next, he played next to Christian Harris last year. But that number 10 as a linebacker always caught my eye. Brian Peters is always that guy. But I remember playing with two casts and he ended up having a pick. And he kind of had to, it was the way he had to catch the ball was he kind of like caught it and cradled it all at the same time because he had cast on his hands. He couldn't, he couldn't really catch the ball, but man, what an athlete that guy was and what a story he was, all the different football leagues he played in before he got to the NFL. And then he found his role in the NFL. And I wish he could have been here for a decade, man. That guy was really fun to be around. He was a great interview. He's always fun. He was really a team leader. Um, especially on the special teams uh, part of it. He was just a really interesting kind of guy and intriguing guy to to pick his brain and talk to about different things. And he was always self-deprecating, which I I, I can always love. He's always 
you know, talking about, oh, you know, if I can do it. And like, he was always a really interesting guy to talk to. So I can't wait to hear that full interview, Drew. Yeah. You know, when you get the tweets ready for, to promote those, I was, I was like, well, I need to find a Brian Peters photo. And I, we have a cool database of photos here yeah. at the Texans and you type his name in. And another thing he did, this guy was at every community event. It seems, I mean, he yeah. was, there's a picture of him with Santa Claus. There's a picture of him with little kids at the, at Texas children's. I mean, he was all over the place. I remember I did a, a fun event with him. At least I did many, but there was one where we, we basically did a Q and a, uh, at an elementary school is way north of town. It was, it was in late November of 18 his last year here. I remember when we got, we got out of that thing, it was snowing. It was kind of like spitting snow a little bit. It didn't <laughs> yeah. accumulate and it didn't last, but it was just like, Whoa. But yeah, we had a, had a fun time with that. And it was good, good talking with him. And then on top of it, I interview him. And then like 10 minutes later, I interviewed a guy, Tim Jamison. Oh yeah. Is the cool. I think this is the cool uh, trivia question. If, if you had to name the first rookie undrafted free agent from the 2009 rookie Texans class to get activated, who would it be? It's him. It's not Arian Foster. He got pulled yeah. up right before week five when the Texans went to play the Cardinals. And uh, the, it, it's a fun, he tells a fun story about how when they told him he was going to, you know, make the active roster, he thought he was going in to get cut because it was on a Tuesday and they called him in at a weird <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. But just yeah. a good guy. He he stuck around. He hung around five seasons, you know, played on the defensive line. He saw some good times, saw some bad times, and saw a coaching change. It was good talking with him. And he's he might be dipping his toes into the coaching water as well, John. Really good story. Boy, he'd be he'd be a really solid and interesting coach, I think. Yeah. It's funny because Andre Ware used to refer to him as a cockroach. Like he just, you know, as Andre would say, you can't kill him. And meaning you can't get rid of a guy like that. You need yeah. to have a guy like that because he could play so many different spots up and down the line of scrimmage. And he made it through coaching changes and position coaching changes. Which says a lot. It says a yes, lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, th th that, that part in of itself, just to, the coaching change or just a regime change, any of that, to make it through that is difficult as it is. But then to do it multiple times uh, as he did was, was really impressive. And I always, always liked Jamison just, the guy but on the football field too just somebody's got to do dirty work man somebody has to do dirty work no matter what it is take on multiple blocks you know you know solo up on the center um and make sure he doesn't get to linebacker whereas the linebacker's getting a tackle you know kush is getting a tackle or D'Amico's getting a tackle and it's like well yeah the guy that really made the play was the guy doing the dirty work and Jamison always felt like he was the master uh, of the dirty work and doing it and doing it really well. And that's so vital for a team, but it's never something that's going to get somebody's attention, fans' attention. Like, yeah, Cushing got the tackle, but who <laughs> really made the play? Well, obviously, it's a guy like James made those plays. For sure. And I'm going to talk with Steve McKinney a little later on today, so that'll be fun, too. I can't wait to hear from him. He and Jameson have a pretty cool connection that you, you can hear in the Jameson interview, which will go up later, uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday, so. Look for that coming up soon. But anyways, John, the schedule came out, and it's been covered every way to Sunday. We saw all the <laughs> funny videos from all the teams. We love the one our guys did, guys and gals, with the – it was a, the Disney Channel stuff from the early 2000s. Um, just a few things stood out to me about it. A, the buy is at a really, really early time, and I initially saw that, and I was like, gross, because I like it when the buy is like <laughs> middle of the season – 
But Lovey Smith made a pretty good point. He said, hey, you play three games in the preseason, you play five more. So at that point, you've played eight games. So it's almost like yep. a mid midseason bye. He's like, we'll take it. We'll always take a break whenever we, they'll give us one. So he was pretty even keeled, ho-hum about it. You know, just you got to do what you got to do and you got to play what you got to play and, and say what's – or play when you're scheduled to play. And so he's going to do that. But I saw that bye, and I was just like, yeah. What, what was your reaction when you saw it? I don't like early bye, but – it's I actually I'm I think back the earliest that I can remember was 2017 and man we went into that buy in 2017 and we really didn't want to go into that buy because at that point we were watching uh, a rookie quarterback just slice up everybody and we're yeah. watching and we had not seen anything like that here in Houston and then I think we're like whoa we don't want to slow down that momentum of course the first game after the buy was against Seattle and it was just it was one of the great, it was the greatest football game I think I've ever seen. It was incredible to watch that game, even though the Texans had lost that day, 41 37. It was just unbelievable. But then I thought about it, I was like, eh, you know what? It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad getting in week six. I'll tell you where I wouldn't want to have it. If you said, hey, you get your bye week in week six or your bye week in week 14, I'd be like, oh, I'll take week six. Yeah. Week 14, it feels like it's, uh, it's a, <laughs> It's drudgery, like, oh, my God. And I don't That's think we ever had way, one that yeah. late. But I remember watching uh, Hard Knocks this past year with the Indianapolis Colts. And that was a beaten-up football team. I think that was one of a – that was an underreported story. You could tell on Hard Knocks how beat up that team was. Now, that doesn't excuse them from not winning one of two games, one at home against the Raiders and one on the road against the Jaguars to get to the playoffs. But – you could too see bad, they man. had multiple yeah i hate it they had like three <laughs> or four games right in a row that were just highly intense physical games and it culminated with that christmas night game against the cardinals where the colts had about a dozen players not playing in that game due to covid and wentz makes that throw near the end that wins the game on the road at arizona you think oh boy here come the colts and then they just cratered but they had the bye late. I remember them all talking about the game going into the bye. Coming, like their reaction in the locker room after winning wasn't so much, yay, we won. It was, oh my God, I made it to the bye because it was so late in the season. So week six, I can, I can, I can live with that. I think what stood out to me, Drew, there were a couple things. The month of December is wow. The bonanza of it's a bonanza of holy moly. That's a because you've got the Browns coming in. Who knows right. if he's going to play or not, but that's a big deal. Right. You got right. the Cowboys after that. That's your biggest yes. – that's the team our fans hate the most. I don't care what anyone yes. says about the Colts, the Titans, the Jags. Right. Yeah, you hate them. Texans fans the want the Cowboys more than right. anything. And then you you got the Chiefs. We know the, right. you know the story there. I mean, I mean you got yeah. one of the greatest players in the game, and you finish with your your division. I mean, it, that's that's a pretty I mean, pretty big at Tennessee on Chris. Yeah, at Tennessee at Christmas – uh, each day like wow and right before you start that uh coming out of you know thanksgiving you go to miami now you played horribly at miami last year and the dolphins are a different team but so are the texans you played horribly at miami last year and you should come out of there with a win if you if you make one catch or make one throw at one point you win you win that game you know turn yeah. it over on the first drive you win that game but but you, you didn't now you got to go back there so you go at Miami, home Cleveland, at Dallas, home Kansas City, at Tennessee before you finish with the Jags and then at the Colts in week 18. 
that of all the things I look for bye week, then I look for I look for prime time game, which I like the, the Thursday night against Philadelphia and the fact that it's at home. I like that. Yeah. Um, a few days after playing Tennessee at home. So you get a Sunday Tennessee game and a Thursday. I like I like that. Um, but that stretch, as I looked at everything else, the next thing that stood out to me was that stretch of holy cow, December. Wow. The flip side of that is as you look at it and you think, okay, there are teams, I'm not saying that this is what it's been for the Texans, because the Texans have played some exciting games the last few years, but what a team isn't doing well. You look at December and go, oh, my God, let's just get through it. I don't think our fans are going to look at that stretch and go, Cleveland, Kansas City, and then, uh, well, Jacksonville's outside of that. But look at that month and go, wow, those are two of the most exciting games you can have back-to-back, Browns mm-hmm. and Cowboys. Then the Chiefs are right after that. Uh, and then, of course, a road, road trip to Tennessee where I don't think that game at Tennessee, it's, I mean, it's been a knockdown drag out for the last five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, dating back to 17, where you pull off a great fourth down and then you throw an interception with a minute left. In 2018, you can't go down and, and kick a field goal to, to score, but you're driving to do that at the end. 19, you get the win and got to hold them off at the end. In 20, it's one of the great games of that season, um, oh. even though they got to win in overtime. And then last year, you beat them in the rain up there with one of the great wins, if not the best win you had in 2021. So, up there, you just never know what's going to happen. And, of course, in 2016, well, we all know what happened in 2016. Uh, in that last game that was in Week 17, it was uh, drama-filled, let's say. Tom um, Savage exited for Brock Osweiler again. Yeah, it was yeah. an explosive halftime. Um, so up there to end the month of December is pretty much apropos because those games have been just duels over the last five years. So – from that perspective, wow, man, we just shut the lights off, man. How about that? Our office is so smart. Timeout that uh, the lights go off after a little while. <laughs> the lights go off after a while. There we go. That's fantastic, man. Just got to move. I'm just around. talking to Drew, and then all of a sudden the lights went out. Uh huh. For those of you listening and not watching, but anyhow, Drew, um, of that, here's the one question I have for you. Okay. This year it flips. Last year we had nine home games and eight road. This year we've got eight home but nine road but the road games that we have are i mean they're incredible trips there's never been there's never been uh the only thing close to this would be the year you got to go to london but there's never been you know a standard year where you're playing in the united states with the the best cities to visit you get new york you get chicago you've got miami uh you get dallas is fun i mean that's Las That's Vegas, Denver and Las Vegas. I mean, massive, massive, excellent, excellent trips to take. Just it, what a boy. If you're a Texans you, fan and you just want to travel, I mean, you're going to have which a Which one time. are you picking? That's the one I was going to ask you. Which if one? You got to pick I, one trip. Now, um, hopefully, hopefully you don't have to pick one, but if you had to pick one, if you're a traveling Texans fan, and I heard Sean and Seth talking about this, and they were talking about how the, the tickets for a game in Las Vegas are pretty obscene, but if you can handle it money-wise, it's it's Vegas. And you've exactly. never seen a game in Vegas, more than likely. Is that the one you would pick? I think I would pick that one because I love Vegas. I love the city of New York. And I know you don't play there, but whenever we play, I go up and go into the city and have a, a, a phenomenal time. I love that one. Chicago, one of the great American cities, one of the great world cities. Yes, That's yes. awesome. I've, I've loved when we've gone there. Miami, you can go to the beach. 
you're gonna have a good time. I mean, that's really, really cool. But Vegas would be the one because I haven't been to that stadium. I have, you know, I've only been to Las Vegas once and it was for the NFL draft. So yeah, I'd like yeah. to check that out because I had fun at the draft, but would love to see a new stadium. I, I've not been to that one. I've not been to the Los Angeles SoFi. And those are the last two on yeah. my list. I've been to all yeah. the others. So um, that's right. Cause definitely so would be SoFi and Allegiant. Yeah. Um, is that it? Is that, will that knock it out? Um, well, yeah, I'll go. I'll go for sure in the preseason. To the the Texans are playing Los Angeles Rams, in the yeah. preseason, so I'll see that one. And then are those the only two you haven't seen? Yeah, Vegas. Because uh, what else is there? Yeah, I think Vegas. Those are, I haven't those, been those to. Mine, yeah, yeah, those. I've are seen mine. the Niners. I've, and the Chargers play there, so it would. Yeah. Now I've been to yep. some stadiums that aren't with us anymore, like the Coliseum with the Rams, and yes, that soccer stadium with the Chargers, and. God. St. Louis, St. Louis, the TWA Dome, Oakland. The Coliseum was one of my favorite spots. It was just I love the I love the Coliseum, man. The, I'm I'm oh. San Diego. What was the name of San Diego's? Um, was it Jack Murphy well, still, or it was it something used to else? Be Jack Murphy, but then they went to Qualcomm. Qualcomm. Yeah, that was a Qualcomm. that was a fun old school like '70s '80s stadium. I like that one, and the yeah, Texans was won the one time I went. So yeah, I never yeah. went. That was one I never went to. Was Qualcomm or yeah. Jack Murphy? Um, my only my only time through San Diego was driving through it to get to LA last summer. And I wanted to get to LA and just get settled. So I didn't stick around. I wanted to go eat down by the, the uh, water and it was just packed. It yeah. was a, like 75 degrees, like the day you would expect San Diego to be. And I was like, man, this must've been cool on a Monday night game. Cause that's when I go walk the city and I go check things out, do that in the morning uh, before we get going for a night game. So that would have been kind of cool to be able to do that in San Diego. But Oh, Metrodome. Well, I went to the Metrodome so and the, the new one in Minnesota. I yeah, worked a lot Minnesota. of games way back in the 2000s at Texas Stadium. I, I covered yeah, a lot Texas of high school Stadium. games. Never went there. It was a, it was a cool stadium. It was a cool old Never went stadium. there. Would have liked to have gone there. But I, I, I know I shouldn't say this because of what we mentioned earlier about how Texans fans hate the Cowboys. And I, and I, I, I don't – I hate the Cowboys, but I don't hate the Cowboys. Right. But I love AT and T. It's a cool stadium. I love I love the view from the press box, down on the sidelines. It's just I, I don't know. I, I love everything. I love everything about that place. They nailed I it. I really like it. Yeah, it's a good. It's really cool. And you get all, right. all that in 2022. It's amazing. Crammed in there. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those choices. I mean, Denver's a cool trip too. Yeah, Denver's right? a great trip. Yep. Yeah, it's a good one. You're a good one too. Had fun. Let's do this again next week. And uh, this has been in the lab. <laughs>